Good afternoon and welcome to Post to Post. I am your host, Anthony Kevretta, joined alongside me, as always, is Ryan Kraut, and we are back. It's been a little crazy. We went from six games a day down to just one, so we have to make do with what we got as we are finally in the conference finals, and we are looking forward to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah, it was a, a very exciting second round. We got three game sevens, and... Uh, they were all very, very good game sevens. Uh, at least one of one of them went to overtime, and they were, they were very close series. And now we got to deal with the one game a day. Got to find something to do before eight o'clock now, just to kill off the rest of the day. And so, first off, we're going to look at some two quick little news updates that we have gotten, and then we're going to look at uh, what happened during the second round and what the conference final holds and who will win the Stanley Cup. So first up, the 2020 NHL draft has been pushed up. It will now be October 6th and 7th. First round will take place on October 6th, and rounds two through seven will happen the next day. Now, the big thing about this is that it will be virtual, which is nothing out of the ordinary. We have had virtual drafts already with some of the other major sports in North America. So it's not crazy. Um, It should be interesting to see how these teams operate and everything with not, you know, not being in the same arena and all of that, you know, all of the stuff is done through phone lines anyways, but I think the atmosphere is going to be a little bit different. We still have the, just for, to remind everyone, the top three pick, the top three teams drafting in this year's draft is number three, uh, the Ottawa centers who have the San Jose's first pick from this year. That was part of the Eric Carlson trade. The second overall pick goes to the Los Angeles Kings, and the first overall pick goes to the New York Rangers, who earned that pick through the second draft lottery after the first after the play-in series concluded for the 2020 Stanley Cup playoffs. So it's going to be a little different. I do think that it's going to be fun to watch, especially because you know we have such a condensed offseason now where in the span of a week we have the NHL draft, the NHL free agency frenzy, which is going, which there are a few names that can go. And then right after that, it's all eyes are on the possible start of the 2020-2021 season, you know, which could be as early as December 1st. Yeah, so there's a, there's a lot to look forward to in the last few months of this year. Of course, the conclusion of the Stanley Cup playoffs, the draft, as you mentioned, which I'm sure is going to have a different feel to it. I did watch a little bit of the NFL draft just to kind of see how the digital, the virtual draft rather, how that went over. I think it went over all right, but I'm sure for the players being drafted, it kind of took away from their draft day experience just because everyone else before them got to be in the arena, got to go up, claim their jersey and their hat, meet their front office staff. They'll still be getting a phone call, but you don't get the whole draft day experience. But overall, I think you have to do a virtual draft in this day and age right now. But I think it's going to go over all right. And then free agent frenzy just immediately after that. Usually we have to wait a week and a half, two weeks for free agency. Right uh, This year you go right into it. You get maybe a day or two, and then it's, it's off. Now, one of the biggest questions for me is um, you look at where the draft is the first week of October, which should have been the start of the, the, this upcoming season. 
Do you think that it's going to be harder for the GMs and the coaches to kind of get a gauge on, you know, what they would need in free agency? Cause you know, free, like you don't have that nice gap of time between you know, the end of the season and the end of the Stanley cup finals to free agent, free agency. You don't really know what you need yet. You know, that could also be something that to look at as you may not see a lot of moves happen on draft day. And you may not see a lot of moves happen on free agency because they don't know yet. They don't know what is in store for their franchise. Like somebody brought up to me, they said, if you look at teams like Vegas, who was eliminated already from the conference final, do you really want to go out and make any moves when you don't really know, when you know you're close, but you don't know how far you, how close you know how close you are to the Stanley Cup final. They've made it in two of the they've made it into the conference final this year, and they made it in the in um, 2018 to the Stanley Cup final. So they're close. But as a team, do you really want to mess that up just yet? Because it's you don't have to wait that long just to get back on the ice. Yeah, you, you don't have to wait that long. But then I'm sure at the same time, since there has been a lot of downtime, especially for uh, teams like Ottawa and New Jersey, the teams that are picking higher in the draft they've had since since March to kind of look around see what they need and what what route they want to go in via either the draft free agency trades whatever and then by the time uh, the draft actually does come around it will have been just about seven months since they played so I'm sure that in that span of time and then as the teams were getting eliminated more and more, they were doing their homework, looking at the games for players who might be going into free agency. And I'm sure that they have some sort of grasp on what, on what they need going forward. So I don't necessarily know how much it's going to affect their mindset because it does have to change with, with this year. I know that they were probably in the, oh, October, this is when the season starts. And that whole mindset but this year is different than anything we've ever seen before so there's a lot of mindset changes for a lot of people and we already have uh coaching news as the washington capitals after getting knocked out of the stanley cup playoffs in the first round by the new york islanders uh have gone out and got peter lafonia uh um laviolette i was about i I was thinking of the draft and i was gonna say (laughs) I was going to say number one pick on the brain. It's fine. <laughs> number one picks on the brain. So it's, it's rough, but he replaces Todd Reardon um, as the new coach for the Washington Capitals. And my biggest thing with this is I was, I was actually excited to see who Washington was going to go get. Cause my, I, I ended up doing a little bit of research and this upcoming free agency, not the one coming in a few weeks, but the one that is still scheduled to happen in July uh, on July 1st of 2021 has a lot of big names. And the number one biggest name on there is one Alexander Ovechkin, which I did not know. I thought for sure that they, he would have had, he would have resigned much sooner to into this contract that he's on right now. So I'm thinking that this coaching decision had to be run by Ovechkin. Not that it was all him, but he had to have a say. Oh, I'm I'm sure they, they he is one of 
the greatest players of all time. I don't think there's any debate from anyone at this point. And he could potentially go into free agency. Now, do I see him going anywhere? No, not at all. I don't see him leaving. But that is because they're going to do whatever they need to to keep him around. They need to keep him happy. And I'm sure he's going to have he may have some sort of say in the whole Holtby situation, probably not as much as the coaching decision because it's kind of a who do you want to play for kind of thing because I honestly thought Laviolette might, might go to the Devils. That was what I was thinking because they, they need a good head coach. They've got too much talent to be as bad as they were this year. And I think Laviolette would have been a good fit there. But he goes to Washington, and I'm sure they had to have Ovi sign off on it. And if it was just a one-year, like, let's see how this goes thing, then I don't know how much of a say he would have had because he may only have one year left, but they gave him a three-year deal. So if they did consult Ovi, maybe that's their way of saying, hey, stick around a little longer. I think it's really going to depend on um, – I don't think it's a, as dire a situation – but it reminds me of what the Islanders did two, um, two seasons ago to try to keep John Tavares. Because, yes, it's in big-name talent, and you want to bring in, you know, the, the names to keep them there. You know, lo and behold, the Islanders are the ones reaping the rewards of all of that and not John Tavares. But, you know, Ove- you, know you don't want to lose Ovechkin and I think with the way that free agency has changed, where we will ne- we've seen a lot, you know, a lot of names actually get to the point where they will go into free agency. I think it wouldn't be a hundred percent out of the ordinary to see Ovechkin see what he can get on the market, but I will be surprised if he does. But I think you know, as you said, I was I I agree with you thinking that he should have went to the Devils. But, you know, once I saw that the Devils signed uh, Lindy Ruff to be their head coach, I was like, all right, he's going to end up going somewhere where it's a team that still wants to compete because he was a former coach in Nashville. So Nashville was a very good team up until, well, until they were eliminated um, this past season. So, you know, the co- you know what the coach is capable of. So I think it should be interesting. So now with that, we're going to look at the – Second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. We're a little late to the party with that. Just a little bit. But we ended up getting a solid three-game set. Just a little bit. You know, we're, we're like a couple days from the Cup final. Yeah. But it's okay. <laughs> it's all right. It's a crazy time. We're, we're, we get a pass on that. So first up was the Vegas Golden Knights winning and defeating the Vancouver Canucks in seven games. And... There is not a single reason for Vancouver to hang their heads in shame. They, they were playing with house money at this point when they, you know, beating Cal, beating, they ended up beating St. Louis, the defending Stanley Cup champions. And then they took, they came back from a three to one deficit against the top seeded team in the West. And Thatrick Demko is going to be one of the best goaltenders in this league hands down, just by his performance in games five and six. Yes, that, that's your Demko. He played out of his freaking mind 
in that series. And he is, I mean, I'm probably not going to be the only one to, to think this. He is the reason that they came back and forced a game seven. Because I honestly didn't think that Vancouver even had a shot at all against Vegas, just because of everything we've seen from Vegas throughout the regular season since they came into the league. They've made the playoffs every year. And Vancouver was kind of one of those up-and-coming teams that just you would think, hey, we'll see what they can do. We don't know how far they're going to go. Knock out the cup champs and then take the Vegas Golden Knights, who everyone thought, at least I thought going in, had the best shot to win the whole thing. They take them to a game seven and they, they almost win it. Like, yeah, it was a three nothing shot out in game seven. Robin Leonard also played very well in that series. But I mean, if the Canucks can keep playing like this, they're going to be around for a while. Absolutely. I do think that, you know, you look at this Canucks team and most people counted them out in the, in the, playing rather let alone the first and second rounds so they proved a lot of people wrong and i do think like they'll be dangerous for a long time they have a nice young core and they should be you know one of the one of canada's top contenders to end the 20 plus year cup drought for canada so next up we're going to look at the second matchup in the west which brought about uh, once again a seven game series the Colorado Avalanche fall to the Dallas Stars this series in my opinion was the best series of the Stanley Cup playoffs period both of these teams played out of their minds and you know we got the wonderful game seven overtime between these two and just you know it was back and forth it could have gone any other anyway I think this series was all dependent on just one bad bounce. Like anything could have happened, but um, Dallas comes out on top in seven games. And I think this really showed the only flaw I can see with Colorado getting knocked out in the second round here is possibly you don't really have that much depth on your team at the moment. Like it's that first line and no one else. I think if they really want to contend and get past the second round, this is the second year they've been knocked out in the second round. They're going to have to go out and get some stronger players in that. But still, you know, Ryan, what do you think? You know, Dallas making it to the conference final for the first time in a long time by knocking out the Avalanche in seven games. Yeah, and Dallas, they definitely surprised me in this this playoffs. They got through a lot of those games in that series with with Colorado, they got outplayed, outworked. There were several very lopsided games, and yet they took it to Game 7 in the second round for the second straight year. This year they come out on top, and that was, honestly, that was probably of the four second-round series, that one was probably, I'd, I'd say probably the best one, just because of, the caliber of both of those teams and the stars doing all of this, all of this with their usual backup in Kudobin with Bishop being unfit to play, which I either forgot about or I just didn't know because as this has gone on, I'm like, where, where's Ben Bishop been this entire time? 
So yeah, you know, with with that, Dallas ended up ending a very long drought of not making the conference final. And then you look over at the Eastern Conference. The Eastern Conference, we're going to first talk about the only series that didn't go seven, and that was the Tampa Bay Lightning defeating the Boston Bruins in five games. Now, this to, this was surprising to me because Boston looked like a, you know, Boston looked like the Boston Bruins of old from last season, and they were, I think, the best team coming out of – they ended up getting the fourth seed in the round round, but I think they were the most well-rounded team going into the playoffs. And then they, they beat Carolina in five, which was decisive. I think they would have beat the Rangers in four if the Rangers had made it there. And Tampa Bay, you know, I think they really needed – they need to prove – I think they came into this entire playoffs – especially after beating Columbus, their quote-unquote boogeyman from last season. And they came – they know that it's – this is it. This is cup or bust. They've done it without Stamkos. You know, they – Kucherov has stepped up massively. Braden Point has stepped up massively up until recently where he's been injured and he missed the most recent game against the Islanders. But I think Tampa, you know, beating Boston in five is massive. And now – they know that uh, what they have to do. They there is no we go home. There is no we leave the bubble. We need to. Tampa needs to win. That I think is their mindset going in because they played a great series against Boston. So to them move on, moving on to their conference final and their first conference final since 2017. They really do no, since 2018. My apologies, but they real they know that this is their best. This is probably their best opportunity to take it. And I know you are a Boston fan. So let, let me know how, how it feels to get one of your teams knocked out in the second round. Yeah. Um, Boston, Tampa, I thought this was going to be a, a very, very good series that it was going to be competitive, maybe go six or seven and Boston just, they just didn't show up. They looked, they looked really bad. They had some bright spots at times. They did have, one win, but then once it was that seven to one blowout, I'm like, all right, this is, I don't know what's up with Boston, but they have a different feel to them right now. Cause ever since the whole, the playoffs started and they got into the bubble, they, they didn't do well in the, in the round Robin. They, they did well against the hurricanes, uh, in the, in the first round. And then they knew what they were up against with Tampa. They, They've played them before, obviously being divisional rivals. They've played in the playoffs before, and they got past them, no problem. But there's, it's either it was a, either a lack from the Bruins or the Lightning are just really focused on, on their whole copper bust thing after last year. But some of those players on the Lightning, and I've seen firsthand now watching this whole conference finals with them against the Islanders, some of the players on the Lightning are taking it up a whole nother level that I didn't even think that they had. Braden Point has absolutely taken over that team since Stamkos has been, uh, has been out. Andre Vasilevsky's been a brick wall. Victor Hedman is scoring at a very high rate for a defenseman, and they... They look really good, and they made a really good team in Boston. 
they made them look bad and they they really have that that copper bust mentality right now because they've been trying for so many years they honestly i think they should have at least two cups by now they they haven't won it in this stretch of five ish years since steve eisman put that mega team together and they're due i mean it's only a matter of time until they get over that hump we saw that with washington a couple years ago they couldn't get past the second round and then the first time they did they won the whole thing so i'm sure that the lightning are thinking this year this year is their time and they've been saying that for a few years eventually it has to come true yeah, no, it, it needs to come true, and it, hopefully it is this season. Next up, the last round, round two matchup, was the final game seven as the New York Islanders eliminate the Philadelphia Flyers in seven games. Um, the Islanders were leading this series 3-1, to one, and Philly came back. And the whole thing with this series is, uh, Philly, I'm sorry, there was no reason for this series to go seven, in my opinion, besides – you know, Carter Hart, yeah, no, Philly Philly was just outplayed in every facet of this series, and they they, they really isn't much to talk about about the series because the Islanders were just the main driving force of the series. They It was their series to lose, and they, you know, they were the ones who blew the 3-1 to one series lead, and at the end of the day, they were able to come up in Game 7 and wreck Philadelphia and move on to the to the conference for the first time since 1993. This is the first time that the Islanders have made it this far since before both of us were born. So it is an incredible, you know, stroke of luck that they're doing this. And, uh, you know, as much as I am a fan of the, the division rival, I, I got to say, just the, the way the Islanders have played in this playoffs is something – it's something else. I think Barry Trotz coming in and – he proved that he that Washington wasn't a fluke, but now it's just it's unreal the way that he's brought this this Islanders team together and gotten everybody to get on the same page and really show off. And to, he's getting rewarded by being in the conference final and bringing the Islanders to the conference final for the first time since '93. Yeah, this was definitely the Islanders series to lose, and they they, they almost did. They they had a commanding three games to one lead they lost games five and six it was it was a tough series uh lots of uh lineup changes for both sides both goalies got to see action for both teams uh more more so the islanders had their their tandem swap out a couple games brian elliott just started one game for the flyers but it was it was a back and forth fourth series for the most part i mean i don't think it personally should have gone seven and once it once it went to seven i honestly i thought they were done the islanders because they had no momentum at all they had lost a couple games that they should have won the series should have been over before it got to that point but they were able to pull it out in game seven the the thing that they had to work on in that series though was was the overtimes they twice they iced the puck in overtime and within a minute after the faceoff both times the flyers scored game winners so they had to they have to stop icing the puck they're still icing it a lot in this series especially last night they were icing it like crazy it was pissing me off 
because of all the overtime losses in the series against the Flyers, we saw that the icing come back to hurt them. So they were they were starting to get on my nerves a little bit, but they they were able to pull it out in a game seven shutout victory on their first conference finals since 1993 against the Canadians. And for the Flyers, I'm honestly, I'm still kind of trying to wrap my head around the fact that they got the one seed. Not that they're a bad team, but the three teams that they were playing in the round robin, I personally think were better teams. And the Flyers just kind of took care of them pretty easily. Carter Hart, that, that kid's a stud. I mean, they used him like crazy a couple years ago when he was just coming into the league. He played like 60-something games. He was exhausted last year. Not so much anymore. He's He he was making some miraculous saves. This kid's going to have a very, very bright future ahead of him. And so we're going to look at the conference finals. You know, everything was moved to Edmonton once the – Islanders knocked out the Flyers, and the first matchup was the Western Conference Final. That started the day before Game 7. And it was the Dallas Stars taking on the Vegas Golden Knights. And Dallas is your Western Conference champions, defeating Vegas in five games. And I got to say, I watched every game of that series, and Vegas just looked – they were not bad. They were not it. They're not bad. But when you take a hundred and fifty-two shots in five games and score four goals, something is wrong. It, I don't think it was coaching. I don't know what it was. You know, Dallas Dallas's goaltender stood on his head for all five games, and Dallas just looks like a man possessed at this point. They just they they're in, they've been insane in these playoffs. They win. They win the last two games of the series in overtime, and they deserve to be here. They deserve to be in the Stanley Cup Final. It's their first Stanley Cup Final appearance since 2000. The last time they won a cup was 1999. So this is long overdue for them. And a lot of guys on this team, you know, especially you know Ben and Sagan, you know. And then on top of that, you have guys like Perry, who hasn't won since 2007. You have a bunch of guys like that who are these guys, you know, they're due. They're really due for a Stanley Cup. And they could cement their legacy, but they have to wait. And they have to wait for the Eastern Conference. But, you know, how to, to you, um, how was the Western Conference final? Uh, to me, the West, the West final was actually kind of surprising to me. Because I honestly, I didn't think that anyone was going to really slow down Vegas. I'm sure coming off that Game 7 series win against Vancouver may have rattled their confidence a little. Which could ultimately have had an effect on the outcome of this series. But Dallas just played out of, out of their minds in that series. I mean, they're getting production from all over the place. Anton Kudobin is carrying them in net. And just some of the, the young core on the stars with uh, Haskin and leading the way, he's done such an amazing job on that 
blue line alongside with Klingberg and um, some even unknowns that are that are getting in on the action. Denis Gurionov with the conference finals clincher and between all the, the young talent that they have and all the veteran leadership with Sagan, Ben, Perry, they got Joe Pavelski now who is looking for his cup. They're, they abs- you're right, they absolutely deserve to be here. They took the number one seed in the West, only took them five games, and they took the team that everyone thought had the best chance of winning the cup. And they they took them out in five games, and that was a that was a great performance by the stars. And they're absolutely they absolutely deserve to have their first conference uh, finals win in in twenty years. For the Golden Knights, though, they did play well throughout the playoffs overall. Their goaltending was still solid. Uh, Robin Leonard coming up big a lot of times had a bunch of shutouts. Uh, would not be surprised if. Uh, the contract rumors I've heard about him are true. Five years at $5 million a year, which then also raises the question what happens to Flurry with Seattle, but that's a different topic. Uh, they, they played well overall, the Golden Knights. They did, but they were not able to, to stop the Blues, the Blues, the Stars rather, and they're gonna they're gonna regroup because they know that they're close. They've been close since they came into the league, and they're gonna want they want it next year. They're gonna, I'm sure they're gonna make some sort of other acquisition that nobody saw coming, and that might push them over the edge. and And they'll they'll get at least back to the cup within a year or two, I think. So you know that I do agree with you. I think Vegas is just maybe one piece away from you know making it back to the cup final and now we are going to look at who will face dallas in the stanley cup final and i was really hoping by this time today that we would actually know what the final would be but no the islanders had to go win in over in double overtime to force a game six and the game six will be tomorrow night on thursday september 17th and it's going to be insane and I have to say, this series is an interesting one. I think the Islanders are being outplayed. They're being outdefended by a really solid team. And I think the only reason that they're going to six right now is luck. That That's it. Because they, they've been outplayed this whole time. And I'm not trying to you know say that the Islanders are a bad team because they're not. They're here for a reason. But I do think that at the end of the day, if especially if you've watched any of the games, just the defending of Tampa Bay has been unreal. Their goaltending has been outstanding, and they have had production up on every single line. The Islanders can't don't do not have that, and they're they're good. And you know this is this is one of those runs to hang your hat on, uh, especially the way that the team has been playing. But I um, I just don't see them winning. I think, and at I think by the next game, by game six, Tampa will win. Or if not, if somehow the if if there's a game seven, take everything I've said and shove it out the window. Because if if there's a game seven, I think the Islanders could take it. I will not be happy camper, but they could take it. 
But I think right now, it, this is Tampa's series to lose. You know, they're up, they were up three games to one. It's, it's in their hands. It's in their own hands whether they've played Dallas in the cup final. Yeah, the, this Islanders-Tampa series has it's, – it's been interesting because the first game was absolutely one-sided. It was all Tampa. The Islanders were exhausted, half being from, from jet lag because they came over from Toronto. They had to switch bubbles. The Lightning had already been there. They, they went – they lost two hours because it's two hours earlier in Edmonton than it is in Toronto. And they did that the day – they had to travel the day after playing in a game seven and then get situated. And then right after that, they had to play game one against Tampa. So they looked really bad in game one. Game two, I think, should have gone to overtime. But then – out of nowhere comes Nikita Kucherov scoring with eight seconds left to to put the lightning up to one. And then good game for the Islanders game three. They've really took advantage of the fact that Braden Point was not playing like they did again last night. That's really been the key for them. Between Point and Kucherov, they have not been able to slow down both of them. So take Point out of that equation and Keep your focus on mainly Kucherov. They were able to slow him down. They got a win in game three. They could have definitely played better in game four, scored, then 12, 15 seconds later, scored the Lightning scored, then 12 seconds after that, Lightning scored again. That was that was very sloppy, but they had to look behind that. They never really lost confidence either. They said we've come too far to put our heads down now. They came back, won double overtime yesterday, which there was a lot of opportunities for the Islanders. But Vasilevsky's been a brick wall this whole series. And frankly, the the Islanders' defense really hasn't been as good as it has been in the first two series. Tampa's just really running all over them. And... Semyon Varlamov's really keeping them in this series. And last night was was really no exception. The there was a big line shuffle for the Islanders in the uh game yesterday. And ev- just about every line was was different. And it took them a little while. They got on the board and then they, they forced it to double overtime and the man who I personally think needed a goal the most out of everyone on that Islanders team was Jordan Eberle. And to see him score the double overtime winner on probably the only two-on-one in that whole game that they even got a shot on, I think that's going to be a big morale boost for him and, and for the team. Ultimately, though, I don't see the Islanders uh, winning this series, whether it goes to six or seven. I I want to say that I do see them winning it because I of course being an Islanders fan, you never want to root against your team, but I I just don't see it. Tampa's a really good team. They're playing much better than the Islanders. Talent wise, they're just better than the Islanders, and they haven't had any of their lines changed except for like injury substitutions or they had to deal with. Uh, the Kaloran suspension for a game. 
but the Islanders have been shuffling their lines like crazy though. The Lightning have been sticking with what works. They've really been outplaying the Islanders, and I I think it's going to be Dallas, Dallas, Tampa, without a doubt. And so both of us agree that the Stanley Cup fi- 2020 Stanley Cup final will most likely, unless some circumstances change, will be Dallas versus Tampa. Both of these two teams have won Stanley Cups before, Tampa winning in 2004 and Dallas winning in 1999. Both of these teams have been to the finals, uh, Dallas in, in uh, 2000, and, um, 2000 and Tampa Bay in 2015, both of them losing. No matter what, a drought will end, but it should be interesting to see who comes out on top. I really, if, it's, if it truly is Dallas and Tampa, and we get that series, I do really think that it will most likely, it, it would go seven in my opinion, but it's really a coin flip. It really, it can go either way. I will enjoy it no matter what happens because both of these two teams deserve to be there. But if I had to pick, I don't know why, but I'd say Dallas. I think Dallas is just, I don't even think they're the better team. I think they just they have a little bit. See, that's the problem. Like I can't really come up with a reason for it because it's so close. It's such a coin flip for those two teams that I really don't know. But my gut is telling me Dallas and seven, so I'm gonna say Dallas and seven. Yeah, uh, I think that it would be a very very good series. Um, between Tampa and and Dallas, um, you're right. It, it is close. I can I can really see it going either way. If you had asked me maybe a month or two ago, like when the when the bubble started, if you had asked me Dallas Tampa in the Cup, who wins? I would have said Tampa immediately. I would have said Tampa. But just seeing the way that Dallas has has played. They've meshed together very well. I honestly, I think, again, not that they're the better team because Tampa is the better team. I'd like to, I wouldn't mind seeing Dallas win it. I think that it's going to take at least six for whoever does win it. Um, I'm going to say Dallas too because I, I don't know why either, but it's just every time that Tampa has the edge or a big game or everyone thinks they're the favorites, they choke. Cause I mean, I don't necessarily remember if they were considered the favorites in 2015, they lost that. They were definitely considered the favorites last year and they got swept in the first round and they're, they were considered the favorites to make it to the, the cup this year. Haven't been able to close it out yet, but assuming they do, I I don't know. I just think that it also depends on what happens with Braden Point. If they can get Braden Point back, who personally I would have to consider for the con Smythe at this point, if they can get him back, that, that changes the whole series for both teams. If they're without him, because it did look the other day like he was having trouble getting off the ice. If they're without him, I think the Stars can can shut down just Kucherov. But 
if you throw Radulov on Kucherov, they're not the same type of player because Kucherov's definitely the better scorer. But physically, they're they're similar. So if you have Radulov versus Kucherov, that's going to be a great matchup to watch in that series. I'll give it to Dallas. If for some reason, by some miracle, the Islanders do end up making it to the Cup, then I'm, I'll say Dallas in five. Because there is two, maybe three players on there that have Stanley Cup Finals experience. Maybe four if they decide to play Andrew Ladd. The Stars, I don't, the, the Stars have it in this one. Not that they have that much Stanley Cup final experience either, but they have a lot. They have that nice mix of veteran and rookie, whereas the Islanders just, they're one of the younger teams. They don't really have like a lot of veteran presence. They don't have like, like, yeah, they have Andy Green, Johnny Boychuk. That's great, but they don't have like Joe Pavelski, Corey Perry, guys who have been here forever. Ben Bishop, who's well, granted, Ben Bishop's not playing, but they, he's still there. Jamie Ben's been around forever, so I think that leadership, with along with their rookie talent, I think either way, I think Dallas is going to hoist it. I, ha- I have to agree with you on that. By some miracle, if the Islanders do make the the Stanley Cup final, you know, good for them. But I, I have to agree. I think Dallas and five would be. Night would be probably be the outcome if the Islanders do make it. But so both of us agree, no matter what happens, the Dallas Stars will be your 2020 Stanley Cup champions as they hoisted in Edmonton. So it should be interesting. But with that, we thank you for joining us on this episode of Post to Post. We will see you next time. Enjoy the Stanley Cup final. And you heard it here first the Dallas Stars are your 2020. Stanley Cup.